Good morning. Yes, it's Taylor. I'm helping out here today on free speech. And I just want you to know, uh, because I know there were some questions about this ad in the dispatch, uh, to tune in and join the conversation every Saturday at 11 a.m. The show is called Free Speech. And what's written underneath it, where you can voice your opinion, express your ideas, comment, or make suggestions on the topic du jour right here, on WTBQ radio worth listening to, which is our tag. So everybody understands, I wrote that. I'm the one who came up with the idea for the name of the show, and I wrote that part in the middle, which is a promo that runs five times a day, seven days a week to promote the show. I've written it for every single show. So anybody out there who's questioned the fact of where that came from, you don't have to question any longer. I'm the one who wrote it, and it's about free speech for anything. And the reason topic du jour, because every week there'll be another topic. You can even write in to Stephen and Jay, let them know exactly what topic you'd like to talk about. It doesn't have to be for the whole show. And we welcome people to call in as well. Uh, So good morning, Stephen Qatar. Good good morning. morning, And good morning, Jay Westerveld. Good morning. Uh, So we are here to talk about a number of things. So I know we want to address, obviously, the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and that is the pulpit rock. So we might as well start with that. So, Stephen, do you want to kind of go first? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the uh, and uh, I want to also uh, touch it uh, also in a retrospect and uh, a view of the show. The show is uh, about local events, something that uh, can be classified as uh, talk of the town. And obviously, in our project, uh, I can firsthand answer all the questions people might have. So this is a good opportunity to call in their questions, to write in, to engage engaged in discussion as long as that is based on uh, numbers, facts, studies, and not license misrepresentations, which are plentiful. Yeah, and also let me add, no personal attacks. We don't do that on WTBQ or WGHT. If you want to call in and voice your opinion that you are against specific things, not people, we're all for that. So this is not a radio station that plays gotcha. We just want to hear everybody's opinion in a very respectful way. Uh, so, well, um, to add more, uh, I would like to actually uh, the, explain a little bit to how the project was conceived. I hear a lot of, uh, well, there's a lot of editorials coming out, a lot of letters. People all have opinions on the, on the matter, uh, including uh, the, we've been, uh, I believe, uh, last week's show was dedicated to by Richard Hall and was called Saving Pulpit Rock. So I really kind of would like to touch that a little bit. Because you are saving Pulpit Rock. We actually do. Yeah, we, because <laughs> I mentioned this before, and it is that that the uh, land there is is zoned to build on. Correct. And The zoning fully allows it. Yeah, exactly. And if somebody else went in there who didn't have respect for the history or what people are saying, whether it's true or not, they could blow up the rock. They don't care. It's the, the fact is that you have someone here that really cares about maintaining whatever historical relevance it has to people in their mind, uh, because there's so much information that there's nothing historical about it. But, you know, we can argue that point from now till dawn, but it won't matter. The point is that you have a, a gentleman here who's willing to understand that, to be part of it, who's who lives in Warwick, uh, has created his businesses here, his family here, and he wants to keep that historically. So I don't understand what all the... Well, we would like uh, not only preserve the rock and make it the focal point of the community, we also would like to provide the uh, 
necessary accommodations which are lacking in Warwick, and we would like to build on the success of the former uh, hospitality establishment like uh, Red Swan Inn, and thanks for, to Professor Hall for mentioning it in his show. Uh, and I would like just to read something that uh, I draw my inspiration from, and uh, that was written in 1902, and uh, reads as follows. Not excelled by any New York State, the house is strictly up-to-date hotel with the all modern conveniences. It is located in Warwick, Orange County, New York, one of the most delightful spots anywhere to be found on an elevation just at the edge of the village. Hence, it has the advantage of being both in town and in the country. I, that was written 120 years ago about uh, Red Swan Inn. I, when I read this, I picture the project that we're trying to, to we're proposing and trying to build and introduce uh, to Warwick and I believe that that can be relevant today. That is as much needed then as it is probably more now than ever uh, with all the events and what we became a destination in its own. So those accommodations we're putting as a community, we're putting great effort into hosting uh, the events like Apple Fest and jazz festivals and concerts on the green and Renaissance Fair and on and on and on and on. But we losing on all those tourist dollars the uh, the economy is not motivated by the presence of those people spending the money, staying overnight, going shopping, going to the restaurants. That, I believe, will invigorate the commerce, the main street, and trickle down essentially to everybody living in a village and town. And in Orange County. And in terms of Because fe- when people yeah. come here, and that was the whole point of having one of the casinos built in Orange County, because we knew the result of that would be revenue for the whole county, because people come, they stay, they want to explore the entire place because there's so much i mean go to orangetourism.org you will be blown away the Absolutely. amount of things you can do here even during this crazy pandemic time uh, so you know this uh, yeah. motel or hotel boutique hotel represents to me a place where people are staying and yes you have bed and breakfast they're all filled up when it's busy and people are like gee i don't have room in my house for my family or friends that are staying or people who just want to come up while you, these events that you spoke about. And uh, bed and breakfast, I uh, strongly believe that, and we will back it up with the studies, and uh, those are not done yet, those are in the process, that will, uh, I believe that even bed and breakfast is because spill out uh, business from the hotel that serve as a destination is great. The whole community benefits from it. The Every merchant, every taxpayer, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it's a, it's a trickle down. I thought we have to take our first break. Um, but when we come back, we're going to be talking with Stephen Guitar, and we're going to be talking with Jay Westerfeld, which actually Jay uh, just gave me a, a document that I, I would like uh, him to read, actually. Uh, but uh, we're going to go to a break right now. And when we come back, Jay's going to take a look at this. This is from the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation, the Division of Fish, Wildlife, and Marine Resources. Uh, well, maybe since we're a little late going to the break, you can, it's such a short piece, maybe you want to read what this says and why it's written. Sure, Taylor. Um, this is something that a biologist uh, with the New York State DEC wrote for me because I just come back from Europe. I was spending a lot more time in Europe back then. This is from 2006. And in today's advertiser, um, a local... Uh, some local fella put in a letter that was actually filled with... I think we can, it, it's safe to name uh, Stephen Gross. He's uh, known in the community for well, his, his number of... Well, his name is in the paper. Right, for a number it's of his uh, efforts, uh, which always coincide uh, fighting against something. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I, 
I only met him because I was going to buy some postcards and I met this nice little guy on Colonial Avenue. When I told him my name, he just, it was like I was Elvis. He just, come work for me. He was telling me to work for him. He writes in this letter that I came to him about a job, which anyone who knows me knows I'm not looking for any work. So it was kind of bizarre. Anyway, um, so he questions my credentials all throughout his letter. And so I have something that was written for me by a senior biologist with the New York State DC back in 2006. If we have time, I can read it or... Okay, let's go to a break. And then when we come back from the break, stay tuned in. We're going to open up the lines, 845-651-1110. We'll be right back. Sam's Meat is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, it's Paul Ruskevich, Barry Cheney, and John Vero. Orange County Legislators on the Thursday Morning Roundtable, 9 to 10 a.m. Answering all of your questions and concerns on WTVQ, radio worth listening to. This is attorney Bob Kruhulik of the law firm Beatty & Kruhulik, the lawyer guy. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon for the latest legal advice and tips. We're taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions. That's every Tuesday at 12 noon on radio worth listening to. WTBQ. And welcome back to Free Speech. It's always been Free Speech on uh, WTBQ, WGHD. And we are here with Stephen Guitar and Jay Westerveld. And we're just talking before the break about a letter you received. Tell them again where the letter came from and just a little bit because your credentials were questioned. And I think this is, you know, there's a million things you could show sure, people. Sure. But, and including, and I'd like you to actually repeat what happened, how you first came to this project, just to remind everyone. Oh, thank you very much, Taylor. That's a great idea. Um, so this is a letter from 2006 from a New York State DEC biologist with whom I'd worked mostly uh, quite a while before that. Um, and the reason he wrote this for me was because I was spending a lot more time in Europe uh, snowboarding and I'd come back and there'd be new people at the DC or in this case at this um, planning board, town of Chester. So anyway, he wrote a letter uh, just backing up my credentials. And in the letter he says, and this is Mike Kalaji, New York State DC senior wildlife biologist. It is my opinion that Mr. Westerveld is a competent assessor of habitat su suitability. In fact, he is more able in that regard than most environmental consultants I have dealt with over that same time frame. And the, what happened is this letter really made its way around. And, and this is something he goes back 10 years with this letter that was written in 06. Some people who had um, environmental uh, survey companies were very upset about this letter. They felt slighted that the New York State DEC said this. So since then, you know, these people, they have a little different job than I do. I mean, I work internationally. I work with a lot of really interesting globally at risk IUCN red listed species. Um, I've been cited in a lot of magazines, uh, newspapers, LA Times, uh, Guardian UK, which is a phenomenal uh, magazine. So my name's always been kind of out there for certainly uh, 30 years. 
Well, actually, Mr. Gross, in his editorial, he also brings the... Apparently, he looked you up, and according to Cambridge Dictionary, the coin, the greenwashing term that you essentially invented and coined. Sure. And interestingly, you know, he had that... Well, anyway... Well, you have the dictionary open, I would think you would look up other words that you're going to use. Absolutely, in the and I would like to bring uh, the he he insists, and so do other people. It's either a motel that the project is referred to, or Dr. Hall it sees it a little bit differently. He says it's, it's a uh, huge complex hotel complex, which none of it is true. Uh, I would like uh, you would think that somebody who is and I read the name of the letter uh, by Stephen Gross, I feel compelled to respond. You would think that somebody who has a strong point to convey would do his homework, would know what he's writing about, and things like difference between motel and hotel cannot be more apparent. Uh, those are two complete different animals. I don't know if uh, people sitting here know the difference, not that you, you have to, uh, but somebody like uh, Stephen Gross who uh, pat himself on the back and says that he has been working for the last 23 years in the planning fields, and land uh, uses should probably understand the difference. Uh, so this is, and like I said, it's two different animals. It's a horse and a goat, if you will. You know, it's because even though both are designed for overnight accommodations, the uh, the motel is the, the one that uh, geared towards those traveling uh, on the highway who wants a breakdown from the journey, while the hotels are targeted towards those seeking a getaway uh, or at least some type of luxury. Uh, and the two buildings cannot be built differently because one is uh, the entrance door at the motel is always to the exterior, right. facing the parking lot. And that's the main difference. While hotel has the common area, the inside hallways, and that's how you can tell the difference bet- even without looking at the, at the name, uh, specifications. And there's more to it. There's, uh, the hotels, of course, they have uh, more upscale accommodations. They have more amenities that one can expect. They have star rating, one to five, which uh, does not apply to motels. Motels, by definition, suggest the presence of a big parking lot. This is a motorist hotel that right. were popular in twenties, uh, 1920s. So also... Um, and then the boutique hotel. And the boutique hotel is actually uh, refers to a small uh, hotel uh, with a uh, set in a particular setting, which in, in our case is absolutely fits like a glove, with an upscale uh, amenities and individual unique uh, selling points. Those could be, once again, all those programs that we developed to be implemented in a hotel that can be furnished in a theme style with specialized amenities like yoga, painted classes, weddings, uh, history lessons, everything that everybody suggests but uh, hasn't done yet until we came on the scene. And, and I believe that you have on your website a kind of prototype from Savannah, Georgia, that people can see where your ideas come from to do the boutique hotel. Absolutely. Uh, the website is into works. It's not uh, completely finished yet. There is a page on a Facebook uh, somebody can be referred to uh, where they can, once again, if you look in to ask any questions, if you have any concerns, please give us a call. The lines are open. We welcome your comments. 845-651-1110. I know a lot of people have a lot of things they want to say, but... Yeah, the lines are open, so give us a call. We're happy to hear as long as you stay respectful and you have an opinion. We definitely want to hear your opinion. Yep. Uh, so starting from the difference, motel, hotel, or otherwise, let's call it what it is. Let's refer it to, let's, uh, based on facts, let's not choose uh, 
you know, somebody's pride or ego over the facts and numbers. Uh, there's many other, um, I guess, uh, falsifications, uh, I don't know, for the lack of a better word, that, Absolutely. I, can, that I can refer to. And uh, anybody who uh, listened to Dr. Hall's uh, show, uh, History Alive, the, thanks for prof to Professor for uh, bringing up certain subjects that are, uh, you know, rooted in Warwick, like uh, Hotel Red Swan Inn, uh, the place where I sort of draw my uh, inspirations. Uh, you know, I think Professor mentioned that the hotel, even though been, uh, you know, built and modern for the time, uh, essentially popped out and get, went bankrupt within two decades. I um, believe that uh, that's not being accurate. Uh, the hotel actually ceased to exist in the uh, middle 50s. It would be that 54 would be or 57 problem. when it caught fire and essentially was destroyed. So that was like almost 40 years later? There's a big difference between two decades and half a century. Yeah. And I think the history, uh, just like math, relies heavily on numbers, on uh, accurate uh, chronology. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's, you cannot uh, guesstimate, you cannot uh, sort of, well, you know, the, the World War started you know, I guess, somewhere I guess in something autumn. just uh, struck me and I want to interject this there is a motel in Warwick correct it is across from a grade school yep I just want to mention that absolutely and for it to survive and, all these years is not an indication and there were of, some kind of shady characters that used to stay there years ago my understanding from the community who told me that and now I believe uh, either Christian science I can't remember one of the religions are there Jehovah Witnesses, Jehovah Witness is renting it so you have a motel why is nobody screaming about that motel and knowing what the may be going or not going there and it's across from a elementary grade school why did I not hear any protests about that? And we're not talking about a boutique hotel. We're talking about, you know, like Super 8. I don't know. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I don't know. I've never been inside, so I couldn't tell you. But I see, you. I see it. Yeah, right. yeah, no, thank you. My I idea of roughing is it eating in an outdoor cafe, so no. <laughs> um, but you have, uh, the, there's a dentist right below it, so you see it when you pull into their parking lot. It is obtrusive and not pretty. But, you know, but I kind of want to differentiate between that motel and a boutique oh, hotel. Oh, yes. Uh, and speaking about uh, not pretty, uh, the uh, like I said, the purpose of the motel, it's geared uh, towards the people traveling and uh, is uh, more about meeting basic uh, needs, providing a place to sleep and wash. And so design is not an important fact in most cases. And this is why it's not quite you pretty. Hear, you hear that a lot when people go on vacation and they stay at a motel. They'll go, I don't care. I'm just going there to sleep and take yep. a shower. But, uh, and, and uh, to differentiate from the hotel, the hotel, like I said, especially boutique, especially the one that we go into a great length to make sure that it fits the neighborhood. None of the cottages proposed, they're gonna be any different than the houses are built in the neighborhood. It's gonna be extenuation of, uh, extension of the residential sort of neighborhood. It is not a motel. Once again, it's going to have uh, the any and it's all available. It's all available in it town of like Warwick. It looks like a village, actually. Absolutely, it's built as a colonial village. Uh, it uh, looks like a village. It has the same homey feel. It doesn't look any different. It's certainly not a motel. Uh, the plants are no, available. No, not at all. Yep. And uh, thus, uh, I'm trying to uh, dispel certain rumors, and uh, those are actually coming from people who claim to be an authority on the matters, and they try in different hats, not just historians, but uh, trying to be an engineer and environmentalist at the very same time. 
like motel, yes, it is, but by, by its almost uh, definition, includes a parking lot. And uh, Professor Holtz, in his uh, show, mentions that what about the environmental concerns about sodium chloride and the salt running off? <laughs> well, to those two, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, are those are two the same, right? Uh, salt is sodium yeah, chloride. Yeah, that's what it is, but also, if you It just sounds a little more scary. If you're so, but if about, he adds it, yeah. Yeah, but if you're worried about salt and chlorine washing off, don't stay on your main roads. Because they are loaded in the winter. So Frank right. complains about it all the time because of his cars. So is the bus garage across yeah, the field. Everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. It's, we're we're going to take our second break. Again, 845-651-1110. You have something you want to voice your opinion? Free speech. Come on back. Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. The unbelievable precision that makes the hand unsure and the mouth dry. Every driver is faced with this problem. How close can I come to my best speed and keep control? The NASCAR and Cup Series keeps on rolling. NASCAR, timeless. The new wave is back. Chris Cordani here, remembering the decade of thin ties, cheap sunglasses, and great music. Revenge of the 80s Radio, Friday nights on WTBQ. WTBQ for the afternoon, sun will be mixing with some arriving clouds in the mid to some upper 80s. Tonight, turning mostly cloudy, a scattered shower or thundershower possible, especially after midnight, 65 to 70. Sunday, an early shower, then clouds and some sun, more humid with a late day shower or thundershower in the mid 80s. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. WTBQ. And we're back here on Free Speech, and that's just what it is. Free to you to voice your opinion right here on WTBQ and WGHD. And this morning we are talking with Stephen Guitar and Jay Westerfeld regarding the Pulpit Rock and the Boutique Hotel. Now, I know you wanted to say a few more words about what's, uh, what the issues are. Uh, well, the main issue that I, I, I take is the how people who are not involved, and it's actually maybe people who wish to be involved in the project but end up not, be, not being consulted or invited, they form a very strong opposition in trying to diminish what we're trying to do. I know it's the easiest thing in the world to try to just uh, smear some, some, somebody else's efforts. I, yeah. uh, they cannot put to their credit uh, anything that has been done prior to the us acquiring is actually amounts to well, you almost know nothing. It, you know what it reminds me of? The, it's called movie critics. Those are the people who can't make movies. So but they, they like to talk about it. like a backside driver. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Facebook, it's just wonderful. So it's a place for people to voice an opinion, but they never come forward. We have the lines open. We're all you people that have been yelling and screaming on Facebook. And, and I want to mention and point out that the things, these things, they do not get decided uh, on a social media. Yeah, because uh, I, there's a lot of uh, presence, there's a lot of trolls, there's a lot of people who are hiding behind uh, fake identities. 
And there's also a lot of misconception and lies. So if somebody truly concerned, if somebody would like to receive information firsthand from people who are working and involved very day-to-day operations on a business, please call the uh, station. Please. 845-651-1110. We have open lines. Yeah, because we, and once again, we have professionals, highly dedicated people from planning board to, to uh, engineers, engineers lawyers, and everybody's everybody. doing their job, uh, you know, and this, how those, how this case get uh, decided and not on a Facebook, but in the planning rooms and uh, if needed in the courtrooms. Yeah. No, no, Stephen, these people on Facebook, they know much more than all of these engineers, Absolutely. lawyers, and <laughs> I'm sure. Right. Sarcasm aside, um, <laughs> but it is funny. Uh, yeah, that always happens. Everybody's, you know, what happens is they pick up information, and we know since all the social media has become prominent, there's so much fake news. It is out of control. Uh, and I worked as an investigative reporter, and I had somebody tell me, if you don't have three fact checks, don't even talk about it. And so that's what's happening. You don't have fact checks. You have somebody chattering, and somebody picks up the chatter, and then they talk. And so what happens is you have this chatter going on, and nobody has any proof of any of it being true. And, and a lot of, like I said, anything from diminishing terms, like calling a boutique hotel a motel, I, I don't get offended by it. It just uh, speaks to, to the ignorance of the person who does it. Uh, but uh, saying that with an absolute authority and saying something that is absolute wrong, I don't think that's the right way to do it. All right, we do have a caller. Caller, what's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Steve. I'm calling from Warwick. Okay, Steve, go ahead. Okay, I guess I can give my full name, right? You can uh, do this whatever. Is Steve you... Gross. Okay, Steve. <laughs> this is Steve Gross. I just had a letter published in the advertiser. So I guess I'm one of those people that uh, uh, Mr. Katara is complaining about. Um, I don't think he's I complaining. Have... I think he's just... I really didn't... Uh, no, he didn't make any complaints. Any complaints. He was just... I would like to bring the record straight. I'm, I'm glad you're calling. I hope you're listening. So uh, in the meantime... I, I, I just tuned in. I just tuned in. So I missed everything that was set up until now. All right, well... Do I... you know the difference between motel and hotel, Mr. Gross? Yes, I do. Why you insist on calling the project motel and referring to motel if you know the difference? Can you please... Uh, Tell me what your uh, well, then, definition I'm, I'm is. Sorry, I'm sorry if I mischaracterized it, because uh, um, I thought that's what I had seen it called. I uh, apologize if I got that wrong. Okay, yeah, it's a boutique hotel. <clears throat> Among other things, by the way. Yeah, so go ahead, Steve. Okay, uh, well, I'll just say, I'll start off by saying that um, uh, I have an environmental consulting firm. Um, I am the principal of Hudson Highlands Environmental uh, Consulting. Okay, but we don't, I, we don't need your credentials right now. Okay. We just need you to say what you'd like to say. Uh, okay, I, I, I don't know where to start. Um, the, um, this property um, is a very special property uh, to all Warwickians. And why um, is that? It, why is that? Um, because Pulpit Rock has e- extreme cultural significance to, to Warwick. And what is Stephen, uh, know, and hold on, what is Stephen Kadar doing to the rock that's taking, diminishing that? Uh, he, he would be uh, disturbing the entire setting. Um, even though the rock would remain standing, he would have his hotel and, uh, and those other units pushed up uh, nearly right up against it. Um, the significance of Pulpit Rock is not just the rock itself. You know, if you if you built a building around it and had it in the courtyard, obviously everyone would know that that would be destroying its significance. This is very similar. How is that, that significance it, measured? And uh, according to when you're referring to significance, what type of significance are we talking about? 
And we're talking about um, that has prehistoric significance. That it certainly was where something did you, that was. Where, can you tell me where you found the prehistoric uh, information? Because I have about I don't know how many letters here from major historical agencies saying that they have no historical information on the pulpit rock. In so fact, yeah, I would love to see something that said that there was from a uh, agency. Um, well, okay. First, as far as agencies are only, they only operate on the information that's already been provided to them. But agencies um, are the only thing that matter in I a case like speaking. this. In I thought I was speaking. You are speaking, but so yes, is everybody else. Speech. It's called conversation. Okay, I'm trying. I'm trying to respond to the question. Okay, um, agencies operate on the information that uh, that has been provided to them that they have in their records. That's not a complete record. This is why archaeology always needs to be done on a site by site basis. Which in we this did. case, which and, was and, which, by the way, uh, has been done. Um, I, I I would like to review all of that myself. Why? Um, oh, you, I don't think you're not authority. You're not a member of planning board anymore. You really have no say in the matter. Uh, I have. I, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, in the state of New York, every citizen has a, has a say. Yes, you can voice your opinion. Uh, in reviewing in reviewing yep. the uh, all the information that's going to be provided. But what Under makes speaker. you what makes you and historical? Those, uh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to point out that those information are available at uh, town hall. That uh, that's a public information. The the archaeology uh, has been performed. It's been done. We have a letter from yeah, the Department of Historical. Yeah, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, hold on, done, Steve. And, Steve, hold on one second. You have a letter based, from who? Uh, uh, based on uh, archaeology study uh, that has been done, we have a letter from Department of His for Historical Preservation from New York State, stating that they have no further concern and it's not eligible for National Register and otherwise uh, the project is good to go. So I understand it's dear to some people's heart. You might have an emotional attachment to it, like some people do. Uh, on, on the other hand, if, you, if it's so dear to you, maybe you should have prompted, acted, spoke earlier, spoke beforehand, rallied up just like you're doing right now through editorials and Facebook pages. Maybe should have, uh, you know, acted up on it and purchased that and preserve it any way you see fit. Now I'm pursuing my. If you would, if you would like to sell it at a reasonable price, I'm sure that it, it can be purchased. I know the town and village are both very interested in purchasing the property. Why all of a sudden after the fact? Well, everybody who had a chance should. It's been for sale for because over twenty the years. Is zoned, the property is zoned for no more than three houses. No one ever expected that someone would come in and ask under a special permit Steven, to build a hotel. Well, a special permit is not required. This is uh, actually zoned for the hotel, and among it those, is not. It yes, is it not. is. Stephen, Stephen, you're you're on the air and you're recorded. You better get your yes, facts right before you uh, speak. We, I, I would Go like to, to invite Mr. Uh, Gross maybe to one of the programs. We will, I will be happy to provide the the legal advice. We can have. No, no, no. Uh, we want him to go down to town hall yep. and go look at the information that is available to you for right. the public. And then before yeah. you speak, go take a look at what he's saying, because I think okay. you have misinformation. So I do not have misinformation. I said before you do zoning laws, you need to look at what's at town hall. I did. I did. I and, know it's in the zoning code. Okay, so the so then, then you would know property. that this is actually zoned for many other, like, other worse than the boutique hotel that Only the community. under a special permit. Yeah, no, well, special, no, no, special permit is actually is one of those uh, procedural steps. We do not require a special permit. We, uh, yes, you do. Well. 
It's uh, in the zoning code. Very it's good. In the yes, we, code. we we do have to go in uh, because there's a planning board. You being a member of the planning board, and I don't mean to it's, get it boring and start educating people on it. You would know that planning board uh, makes a decision, and town. So it do, town does not left outside that decision and knows exactly what's happening. Town has to be involved, or village for that matter, in granting a special permit. So they know how the land is used. That is procedural. This is nothing more than that. And if you would like to, like I said, we have uh, legal counsel, an attorney, uh, John Capella, would be more than happy to explain all the, this intricate details. I know you John have very well. I know John very well. Great. John and I have worked together, and we've also worked in office of you, And you also would know that if I uh, chose, and forget three or five or clusters or seven, however, if I chose to build only one home there, I... Uh, that rock would be lost for community forever. That would become somebody else's uh, backyard. But this is not what I'm all about. This is, I really would like to, I, I live in Warwick. I l made my home and family here. All my kids go through school here. I'm trying to bring something to the community that everybody would benefit from. And with that, I, in fact, you know, despite the references that it's unique and rare, no, it's not unique and rare. And you're familiar, and I know you're familiar with the neighborhood. You would know that those uh, stones are plentiful in a neighborhood. Within 1,000 feet, you can find some that are bigger and grander and some that uh, flat look like a wall. And uh, in fact, there's nothing special about them except uh, maybe there's something special about them, but they belong to somebody else. They belong behind somebody else's fence and somebody else's backyard, and thus they last forever for all of us who would like to enjoy it. So putting up a hotel, going to the extreme extent, trying to spend money, uh, putting up an effort, it's sort of disheartening to see when some people just, especially people who do nothing, uh, trying to put it down and uh, you know, suggest some other use. I'll, like I said, it was off, uh, offered for sale. It's been for over 20 years. It's been available on the market. And actually, you bought it from the trust from the Pennings Correct. family. Correct. And anybody who, uh, Richard Hall in his program uh, on the air, he said, well, I called the Pennings. They never called me back. Well, I don't know. I got a phone call back. I made an offer. You make an offer and you get a response. You know, so anybody who is seriously, seriously concerned about it and would like to do something about it, not post-fact, not re in retrospect of things that's already happened. Nobody wanted it until <clears throat> we got it. Stephen, was there a scoping session? I know I, I, I missed a lot of this. Uh, yes, it was. There was. Uh, it's open to public. Everybody was invited to speak oh, and great. raise their concerns. So the and everybody who was concerned did speak at there, including uh, Dr. Hall. Okay, and I presume Dr. Gross spoke uh, as well. I, I do not remember seeing Dr. Gross in uh, in in the audience. Uh, Stephen, you're right. I missed that meeting. You are absolutely uh, we, right. We I had, missed when that was happening. We had, and I, uh, we had uh, multiple. I, in fact, we had two of them. And in between, and that was an open period for probably a period of two months when uh, all the letters were taken and all the concerns were voiced and recorded. You're absolutely correct. And I missed it. You're, you're right. I missed it. However, we so are So is the chance to the buy it, I guess. You, we are still within the re review process. You are in the process of preparing an environmental impact statement. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, this has not been approved. I will have plenty of time to, to weigh in on the project. Um, in I, I understand. I just don't understand why all of a sudden, why, why uh, past fact, if you knew the significance of the stone, so does Richard Hall, if that was always your knowledge, uh, what's your effort of preservation mounted just preserving it as, as a secret, I guess, not letting people yeah. know about it? 
if I, if we have as a community, we have such a treasured heirloom, whether it's sacred, whether it's uh, significant or not, if you believe so uh, firmly in it, let's share that knowledge with the world. Let's invite other peoples to, to join. Let's be proud of our history. Yet nobody, and I'm, let me repeat it again, nobody did nothing. All right, we have to go to a break. We have to go to a break right now. But uh, you want to stay with us for a minute? I will stay. Okay, hold on. We'll be Thank right you. back. Eight four five six five one eleven ten. We have another line open. We'll be right back. Sam's Meat is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is Tom Fursey. Sing along and relive the memories of the 1980s on The Magic of the 80s. Saturday night, starting at 6 on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. Tune into the nonprofit Notebook, your resource for and about people helping people. Learn about all the events and services available for you, friends, or family. Open your nonprofit Notebook Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Radio worth listening to. All right, we are back here on Free Speech, and that's what we're having right now. But And we have uh, Stephen Guitar and Jay Westerfeld, and we have Steve Gross, Stephen on, the Gross on, the, on the line. Mm-hmm. On the line. But just before you uh, go on, Steve Gross, I just want to reiterate one thing I want to really make clear. Uh, of When they went to the Historical Preservation Society, their response was... It doesn't have any significance, and uh, the, does not... Uh, serves as an impediment uh, with the project going forward. Now, here's my question. Is that paper from that historical preservation? Oh, 100%. Review? It's a part of the file. If All right, the so file if is available you, at the Steve planning Gross, board. Yeah. want to go down and look at it, it's right at the planning board, and you can see where it came from. These are. I believe, I believe what Mr. Guitar is referring to is a letter from SHPO, which simply states that they have nothing in their records. That no, that's not it. Files. Go ahead, Jay. No, yeah, that's based uh, on evaluation. I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, but uh, that was actually based on archaeological uh, studies done, and we didn't just do one or, or scratch the surface. The phases one, two, and three were done. So, we and didn't you find some artifacts? Oh yes, 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 yes. And what happened with those everything artifacts? that was uh, found? It, we didn't find like uh, Richard Hall is uh, claiming on his show. There was no axes. There was no tools. There's uh, anything short of the ballpoint pen. Uh, we did find some uh, uh, arrow tips and uh, those are very actually very, very cool uh, and I asked the, the professional involved whether hasn't been an owner of the property I could keep him and he said nope there's a strict protocol with the state the everything that we found has been sent to the state for examining for assessing it was assessed whether artifact or not and even uh, upon completion of the procedure the first right of refusal belongs to Native Americans, that being their cultural heritage. And he said, only if they don't want it, those can be returned to you. 
Well, to make long story short and to make a point, I do have those. So that so means they, those they, were classified the as Native a non-artifact and nobody you, wants but it. No, yep. thank you. We have exactly. enough of these. Okay. And, and bear in mind, when you, when you discuss those artifacts that were found there, and there were incredible falsehoods uh, about those artifacts brought on this radio show with uh, History Alive, uh, on that show, the professor said that two to 3,000-year-old Paleolithic artifacts were found on site. Well, the Paleolithic period ended uh, over 10,000 years before present. So I, I'm not sure why a professor, especially a professor of history, would refer to a period 2,000 uh, there's a years lot of, ago. There's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say uh, uh, misinformation, but I would rather uh, resort to calling it inaccuracies. And uh, Stephen Gross, uh, we have somebody on the line that actually can attest to the gilded age of the hotels. And I know Stephen Gross is very knowledgeable in terms of uh, the past and history of Warwick because, uh, you know, I did uh, purchase some information and I know that uh, the as a collector, as, as a you know, scholar, uh, Mr. Gross is keeping a very good record. So maybe you can tell us because from what it sounded from the Richard uh, Hall show that uh, Red Swan Inn essentially was a den of thieves, uh, you know, for transient uh, gangsters and so forth for spending a night in town. And uh, I know you would know that on the turn of the century when population of Warwick was just over 3,000 people, we had and once again, you probably would know this number better than I do, but I, I would say at least half a dozen hotels present in Warwick. Is it? Well, definitely more than that. Definitely more than that. So there, there was a clear need for that. And uh, like I said, and, and by the way, uh, once again, some, uh, maybe uh, we can, uh, once again, I would love to invite you, uh, especially knowing your, your knowledge of the past and the history, because I think there is a need for it. There is a need for a hotel. We became a destination and uh, tastefully done in the right manner that, that could be such an asset uh, for the whole community. Mr. Qatar, if you were proposing a hotel on another site, I would be supporting you. Uh, I just cannot support you uh, building a hotel on this site oh. at the entrance to the village with uh, with um, a, that, with a rock that's both a geologic um, uh, it has unique geologic uh, appeal and also what, what has cultural appeal. I'm just curious what geologic because New York State is well known for being geologically rocky. There's rocks everywhere. Oh, on the West you, Street especially. Well, no, everywhere because you go to do a garden, you got to buy a tiller that goes down six feet to get all the rocks out. I believe it's a Palisade rock. It's it's a glacier uh, rock, uh, you know, and uh, there's uh, many like that within the vicinity of a literally everywhere. A, a 500 feet. Um, that's right. We have radon I, here, by the way. I, I live uh, within 500 feet of the project. I have probably maybe seven of those formations in my backyard. Uh, Paul Canaveri has, uh, across the street, has one. Uh, so does Taro Lambert. So does uh, people living uh, right next to it. So uh, there's really nothing uh, specific or special about this rock other than visibility. Yes, it's from the same family as the rest of the rocks. Yes, it's visible. And yes... It uh, doesn't belong uh, to anybody's uh, backyard, and thus is allowed. People are enjoying it. And taking that into consideration, I would like to open it. Because the way things stand right now, only me and my family can truly enjoy it. And I haven't uh, seen it yet, by the way. I have driven by, I keep saying to Frank, where the heck is this rock? I drive by there all the time. I can't see the rock. It's, it's, it's overgrown. Uh, oh, you, you know, it's, and how long has it been overgrown? It, uh, 
I've been and in the water nobody, for over 20 years, and uh, as far as I remember. nobody went there to shave around it and say, look what we got here? Nope. Nope. There's okay. not a plaque. There's not a light. There's not a history lesson. There's not any mention in, in a town historian's books. Uh, there's really nothing. And, and I, that's I, unsettling, I'm, really. And I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the, only, the only thing I've heard that it was, it was not mentioned in Richard Hull's book. Oh, Richard Hull's book, yeah. However, um, in the oral history of Henry Pilton, where he described uh, his personal recollections in Warwick in 1805, he talks about Pulpit Rock. Um, the collection of the New York Public Library has in their collection an 1880 stereo view of Pulpit Rock. Days Gone By, another book that was written, has um, a picture, a and, and I own the book as well. I'm speaking. It says a circa 1900 photograph and information provided in that book. Uh, Halcyon Days talks about how the Reverend Ezra Sanford held Easter sunrise service at Pulpit Rock. It's noted on the 1859 map of Orange and Rockland County. So in 1859, it was so important to, uh, to the map makers and that they noted it and put or labeled it. No, Pulpit just like Rock. any assessor, that, that's, that's just a mark uh, that's easy to be right, oriented. Jay wants to yep, interject to something. Yeah, Stephen, um, without a scholarly academic citation, these really don't amount to much. Nobody's ascribing any real value to it in terms of it's been mentioned, cultural. Like any it's many other things. Anything is mentioned. And you know, I'm I'm not really trying to demean your point the way you attempted to mean to demean mine, but there's really just saying that it's mentioned in those books doesn't mean anything. If in fact there's all this post paleo amarind significance to it, Professor Hull other people could have mentioned that in their books, but it still didn't come out in those books. I hear. Wait, wait! It did come out in these other books I just mentioned. Just because uh, no, his uh, other Dick books. Hall didn't mention no, it, not his. Not his other I, books. I said Dr. Hull's books. Doctor no. Gross. Right, there was a mention, and uh, you're absolutely right. There wasn't on the maps, like any other parcel, like any other house built, like any other uh, sort of, uh, uh, you know. Significant when people back in the day said, "Well, why don't we meet by the pulpit rock? It's halfway between your house and my house, and That's everybody like saying knows." Wendy's is on the corner. Let's exactly, meet there for a it's burger. been mentioning, it's been uh, orientation, it's directional marker, but uh, that's that's about it. And the only reason it was, once again, due to visibility. The biggest claim to fame is the one that the rock is visible. And once again, if it's that significant, why one there of, was one of the most one of the most um, scholarly. Archaeologist in this region, Ed Lenick, who has written many books on uh, on uh, on the Native American peoples and artifacts, um, referred to Pulpit Rock. And I'm going to quote him. He wrote. He said, "Pulpit Rock is a Manitou rock, a sacred ceremonial place for the indigenous inhabitants of the Warwick area." That is coming from but a wait, renowned but, but archaeologist. I, but I haven't heard anything indigenous about it, Steve. Um, Hi, Jay again. Um, I know Ed. I've worked a lot of sites with Ed, actually, some really cool uh, secret caves and things, shelters. And just because Ed said that, if he doesn't have a citation, and it's you, you have to know it's tenuous to try to find a citation about Manitou, unless you're finding some ancient Ghostbusters who were able to cite, well, look, there's definitely ghosts in here, great Manitou, uh, chiefly spirit. That's not really scientifically accurate. It's not a scholarly journal citation. It's a cool thing to say. I think it's kind of neat, but you can't prove that. I, and think, I think the rock is very cool. And this I, is I one of the reasons really we're preserving it. it. Believe yeah. it or not, we're running out of time. But uh, thank you, Steve Gross, for calling in. And they'll be on every week if you want to call in again.
Uh, I'll right. be very happy to come on the program. All right. Well, Absolutely. We'll see Thank you, Stephen. Future. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. So, you know, we're, we're, we have about a minute left. I want to kind of wind down on the show because obviously it's a difference in opinion. But, you know, uh, what I what I can see and hear here is there's a backup of the conversation uh, from different or organizations that that's exactly what they do. They, you, you can have a house that says it was built in 1900 and you want to do it historically and they come and say well you know really even though it's built in 1900 you know somebody redid the kitchen or they redid the outside and once you do that it's no longer historical so you know the it, the, the word historical is misused a lot but we're going to be talking more and many Absolutely. other things are going to be happening every week on the show we're going to be listening to what everybody else has to say and uh, or to write for that matter and i do want to uh, thank um, stephen gross for uh, calling the program sure uh, even though like i said the, the the letter that he submitted was had a couple of uh, misnomers but at the same time uh, I, I do would like to keep this uh, conversation going uh, I, I I'm all for meaningful conversation based once again on facts numbers and professional yeah, opinions right exactly and and scientific facts right Jay quantifiable facts, yes yes certainly yeah so I uh, also want to mention that uh, you have some people that are going to be coming on but I think for Steve Gross it would be better if he calls in uh, uh, because I just think there's other people that would like to be part of this conversation Contro as well. Once again, we will we want to give everybody a chance to voice their opinion. Right. Just like we, we uh, I think hopefully now from now on we know the difference between hotel and motel. Yeah. If not, can be looked up at the, any kind of a Google for that matter. And uh, going forward, we'll address the special permit issue. We'll have a, an attorney or maybe a planning board member. I or, think that yeah. would be a good idea uh, and, so, and so forth and so on. I believe the more people know, the Everybody can form their own but, uh, educated opinion about but it. But what they have to get is the real information, not hearsay. Absolutely. And not opinion only. Let's look at the planning board and see what they have to show. Okay, great first premiere show. Terrific. Taylor, thank you very Stephen, much for your my support. My pleasure. And Jay. Thank you. Thank you. Always can back up the info here. Uh, so tune in uh, next week at 11 a.m. for free speech. And you can email Stephen also. Absolutely. Facebook, uh, just look us up, uh, Paul Petrock, Warwick, New York, uh, or call the program. Okay. And you can call in next week, 845-651-1110. Thanks. Thanks.